Welcome to Life Beyond the Summit, a faith journey podcast for men. Good morning and welcome to the Life Beyond the Summit podcast. I'm your host, Steve Crowdis, and I'm in the studio with Andrew Platts, my co-host. Hey, Steve. Uh, Andrew, the last few sessions we've done, the last uh, episodes, the last four episodes, we spent three episodes on uh, the cures of this world. And now we want to, while there's a lot to be said about the cures of this world, we probably could talk about that for many podcasts, actually. But we want to move on into another topic, and that's going to be this topic of perseverance and how we get beyond uh, ourselves and, and beyond the, the cares of this world and really begin to walk in light of the truth and allow the truth to set us free. So one of the things that struck me, there's a, there's a um, saying that goes, um, the only difference between a winner and a loser is that the winner gets up one more time than he falls down. Now, I don't know about you, Andrew, but I think that's a fascinating statement. I think it's really absolutely true. You know, we all fall down. We all stumble. We all struggle. Without fail, every single human being falls, stumbles, and struggles. The question is, how do we get on top of that? And the way, obviously, to get there is through the Word of God. So if you're not a believer, let me just encourage you this way first. If you're not a believer, I want to tell you our perspective, Andrew and my perspective, are that of a Christian worldview. We're we're focused on what the Word of God can do to set us free, what the Word of God can do to give us victory and make us overcomers. And that's really the whole, our, our entire bent. When you say, Andrew, that's really the focus of this podcast. Yeah, I agree. And so um, I want to read a scripture. Um, it's Luke 15, uh, 8, 15. This is going to be our focus today. And we're going to kind of break this down and talk about it during the next 30 or 40 minutes or whatever our podcast length is today. So let's begin. Turn to your Bibles if you got one handy. Luke eight fifteen. It starts this way. But the seed... On good soil stands for the for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. So, Andrew, let's talk a little bit about a noble and good heart. I think this is the place to begin. Do you have any initial reflections, Andrew, before I get into something I want to read by an author that speaks to the topic? Yeah, the uh, clearly this is the, the beginning of 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 this parable talks about the seed falling on different soil and all the reasons it doesn't take root. You know, it's, it's shallow, the cares of this world. Uh, it doesn't, it just doesn't take root and doesn't grow. But at the end it says, you know, but this particular seed actually does bear fruit. And he explains it in different, if you look a little further on, it actually bears fruit 30, 60, and a hundredfold. Mm-hmm. I think it's everyone's desire to please the Lord. So we all want to bear some sort of fruit. I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to come at the end of my life and, and, and look at the Lord and say, Hey, I allowed your word to take, to take uh root in my heart. And because of that over a lifetime, I actually bore fruit for the kingdom. And I know God would be pleased about that. So, just looking at this scripture, there's a lot here, and we could probably talk about this for a long time. It says, let me tell you my version, the ones that fell on the good, on the good ground. So the question is, is do we have good soil? Are we open? Are we um, willing to grow? Are we willing to uh, understand God? Are we, are we seeking him? Oh, do we have that ground that, that absorbs, absorbs the seed and allow God, allows God to do something in our life? It says, so those who fall on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart. And my version says, keep it and bear fruit with patience 
or with perseverance is is another mm. term there. Mm. So I think we have to have we have to look at it and say, well, what is a noble and good heart? Yeah, excellent. And you know, I think you made a very good comment, Andrew, about the thirty uh, the thirty sixty hundred fold aspect. I think it's it's really easy for believers to stumble into thinking that that thirty sixty hundred fold is a personal fold. It it may be, but I think Andrew said it well when he said at the end of our life. Is it has it been God glorifying? Is that thirty, sixty, a hundredfold to the glory of God? And I think ultimately that's what that thirty, sixty, hundredfold uh, re- return is all about. So um, I found an article. It's it's uh, plain Bible teaching. The article is written by a gentleman by the name of Andy Sukar. I guess is how you say his name. October seventeenth of two thousand eleven, and he breaks down this honest and good heart. And I want to read the piece that he says about. Um, holding fast to the word, because I think this is really important. Um, I'm just going to quote it directly. Paul told Timothy to hold fast the pattern of faith in 2 Timothy 1.13. This faith is the recognition that God's way is always better than man's way. 1 Corinthians 1.25. The honest and good heart will hold fast the word without compromise, lest the truth be lost, Galatians 2, 4, and 5. I think that says it all. Uh, it is are we willing to hold fast the word of God without compromise? And Andrew and I were talking a little bit about before going on the air about how easy it is. Every one of us is familiar with uh, the the starting of some sort of a promise, the starting of some sort of a discipline, the starting of some sort of a uh, New Year's resolution. And statistics, there are plenty of statisticians that will tell you that most of us fumble and fall, and and either delay or, or do not complete uh, the the particular thing that we're, we're charged or desiring to pursue. And the best example of that is a gym. You know, I, I know in January, I made a New Year's resolution. We all make New Year's resolutions, but within a very short order, I think statistically within 30 days, most of us have lost sight of our, of our, uh, our goals and objectives. And Andrew, you and I talked about it before going on the air again. The notion of the fact that the uh, the the physical conditioning or the uh, the workout, what do you want to call that? The, the the gym industry, whatever you want to call it, is a multi billion dollar industry that preys on the notion that you and I will falter and fail and not fulfill our own resolution. And what that means is that they sell memberships, um, realizing statistically people will quit the program. They still sell memberships. If, if you and I all showed up at the same time, they could never accommodate everybody that, that joins the membership. I mean, it's just they know there's attrition. And there, you and I know and everybody listening knows that there's attrition in every area of our lives in, in, in regard to resolutions. We make resolutions. We make commitments that we never follow through with. Is it any wonder that we would do the same thing with the Word of God? Especially, it says in, in this verse, you, you have to – it says uh, – Having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it. Now listen to this, folks. Keep it and bear fruit with perseverance or bear fruit with patience. So we have to say to ourselves, the only way to be a successful Christian is to keep pressing in, mm-hmm. keep seeking the Lord, keep knocking, keep digging like an archaeologist, mm-hmm. keep, keep trying to find. That's why that scripture says, you know, seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. Ask and you shall receive. God is always asking us to keep asking, keep praying, mm-hmm. keep seeking. Mm-hmm. But we have to do it and not get um, weary and not get yeah. um, not grow weary. 
well, not only not grow weary, but not get disheartened. I know in my own personal life, um, seeking the Lord can be, it, so, it sounds great uh, that, you know, you get to seek the Lord and you get to feel his presence and you get to uh, see things in his word. But folks, a lot of times I'm super distracted. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about anything other than the Lord. Even though I'm singing to the Lord, I'm thinking of things. And it's hard for me to stay kind of, uh, in, in, you know, uh, keeping God in my heart as I'm seeking him. So, but but my main point here is that we have to keep seeking. And so even if you mm-hmm. start to seek and you get distracted or you don't feel like you're having any kind of um, breakthrough, just keep going. Keep going and persevere with patience, knowing that the word of God works. And I think a lot of people allow the cares of this world, kind of going back to the old podcast, to to pull them away from that seeking and that that, uh, getting to know the Lord in an intimate way. You know, I I like the fact that this, uh, the gentleman that wrote this, that I was quoting from, he says, the honest and good heart will hold fast the word without compromise. And we have an added measure. The really cool thing is we, we really, this adage uh, is really speaking to what it takes to be successful in anything. Um, any, any business man will tell you that if you can survive the first five, five years of a business, you have a, you stand a better chance of surviving long-term, but many businesses falter and fall in the first five years and many falter and fall beyond five years. But the one who perseveres at least to five years stands the greatest chance of succeeding long-term. But I think it's interesting. It says the honest and good heart holds fast. So holding fast, um, we have the added measure of the Holy Spirit to help us do this. So for example, I talk about business. I talk about the gym. I talk about lots of things that we can do through human understanding, human strength, human will, that is self-will to do something, but all of those things that are done in the natural are done generally in a, with our natural strength. But this is contemplating the added help for those of us that know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. The Bible says that when we come to know him, the Holy Spirit indwells us and convicts us, convicts our heart concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment, and we discover salvation. Well, the point is the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and empowers us and gives us the strength to be honest and have a good heart, be honest in our convictions, be honest in our unwillingness to compromise. And I think this honesty is just be honest and frank with ourselves about where am I, where do I want to move, what do I want to do, how do I want to apply my hand to knowing God in a better, more meaningful way. The honest reflection is, in my, in my uh, from my perspective, is that in the end, we're here for two purposes, one to glorify God and the other to love our neighbor as ourself. And if we can wrestle honestly with what that looks like, it's going to call potentially a lot of a lot out in us. But that that willingness to be drawn out into what God's speaking to our hearts is worth it in the end, without compromise. And if, if you look at the scripture, it says, those that fell on the, on the good ground, remember, we want to have a good mm-hmm. ground, are those who having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it. Yeah. Keep it. So. Mine says retain it, but yeah. Yeah. So that what that says to me is you can hear the word with a good heart, even with a noble and good heart, and then lose it. Mm -hmm. So if you can keep something, you know, the opposite of keeping it is lose it. So how many times 
have we sought the Lord and we had a couple of very good days or maybe a couple of very good weeks or months, we get distracted and we lose the word. Well, what do you mean? You say, Andrew, are we actually losing the word? Well, you may know the scripture. You may, you could probably even memorize the scripture. You may be able to recite it from your mouth, but have you been thinking about the scripture? Have you been continuing to meditate on the scriptures or other scriptures? So you've lost mm-hmm. that that word in your heart. It almost is like that the word can leave your heart. So the Bible talks, even in Proverbs, you guys, back to the Old Testament, thousands of years before that, it says, take firm hold of instruction. Now listen to this. Do not let go. And then it says, keep her, for she is your life. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. what it's saying to me is to bear that fruit, you have to hear the word and keep it and then persevere with patience and it will bear fruit. So don't don't get discouraged. Mm-hmm. Keep the word before your eyes. Keep it on your heart. In Proverbs, it talks about writing the word on your heart. Mm-hmm. It talks about using mm-hmm. it as a necklace around your neck. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to have that word on our heart, around our neck, in front of our eyes, yeah, on our yeah. mouth, yeah, out, of out of out of every, out of all of our discussions, all the time, so we don't let it go for yeah. a period of time. Yeah. We go back into the world. We get you know say hey now all of a sudden say you know I was doing great now I'm not doing so great this thing doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, not exactly. You didn't persevere. Mm-hmm. You didn't persevere uh, and allow the the seed mm-hmm. to be planted and for it to do its thing and for it to you know start you know start uh, seeing a little seedling and and, and starting starting to see some some results. So I'm just saying, don't get discouraged. I've been discouraged before. Yeah, and you just have to keep going back to you know of what works in your life. Well, you know, yeah, that's that's excellent, Andrew. And I, I think, in addition, this interest, the, the the use of the term honest and good heart. The uh, let's talk about that word honest a minute. How many times have we all said, well, if I'm if I'm really honest, and then we and then whatever, you know, the following. We 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 don't like to be honest often with ourselves, let alone others. We like to be a little bit deceived sure. because the deception allows us to pursue what our natural goal may be. Does that make sense? Sure. So when we're when we say, well, if I'm really honest about it, then whatever follows that statement. That's when we're really getting down to the nut. For example, if I said I want a new car and I feel like I whatever the case may be. And then somebody says, but well, really, why do you want the new car? Well, I guess if I'm really honest, it's because maybe I'll feel better about myself. Maybe I'll look better to my neighbors. Maybe I'll look better to my fellow employees, those I'm around regularly. I- I'm tired of driving an old clunker with that's got rust issues, that's got maintenance issues. There, there are many ways to look at things, but we often deceive ourselves and want to convince ourselves of an end that really is very potentially personal that is fleshy, that is natural, that is human, rather than supernatural and godly. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, I think, for example, here it says, uh, reading a little bit more from what this gentleman wrote, um, the honest and good heart must be developed. Um, An honest and good heart can be developed, just as the son of a wicked man, Ezekiel 18, did. He observed the father's ways and made the conscious decision that he would not be likewise, Ezekiel 18, 14 through 17. This is the responsibility of both the Christian and the non-Christian. Develop an honest heart. So developing an honest heart requires us to be true, 
uh, and honest with ourselves, but moreover as Christians, to be true in our reflection of what the Word says and our willingness to be disciplined enough to act on it. Does that make sense? We've got to develop an honest heart because it's out of an honest heart that conviction will, will rise, the truth will prevail, and we'll become overcomers. And it will allow us, if we're honest and we're and, and our heart is good toward uh, what the Lord is speaking to us, then that will develop the 30, 60, 100-fold return. And again, that return may or may not be uh, a natural return. I think the primary return that the Lord is talking about, the Bible's talking about, is in the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, what God wants to see as a harvest. And that, that would be the harvest of souls. That would be the harvest of the fruit of righteousness. That would be the hardest of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That would be the harvest of truth that we all can attain to um, and, and walk in total freedom uh, through. Yeah, as you were talking, I thought there's a scripture that says the pure in heart will mm, see God. Yes. So we know that God is pure. Uh, we know he's honest for sure. He is honesty. He is truth. And how can you how can you fool God? How can you yeah. deceive God? He knows your heart. He know actually it says in Psalm I think 139, he says he knows the words of your of your mouth before they even come out. So he knows you better than you know yourself. So we have to, to have a good heart, you have to be honest with God. Yeah, yeah. Because God is not going to, you know, think about this. God's not going to reveal his truth. The Holy Spirit's not going to enlighten you in his word and, and, sh- and bring revelation to your spirit if you're not pure, if you don't have pure motives. And I think the only way to see God is to come to him pure and it says it says to have a it has to be honest and a good heart. That's the kind of the recipe for good soil. Mm-hmm. You know, I I live in an area. As a matter of fact, Steve built my house twenty five years ago uh, in Wildwood, Missouri, and it's full of clay. And the it also has a hill. And I noticed that my grass is not nearly as lush as some of my neighbors. It really is not that great a soil for for a regular sod. And I often kind of joke with my kids that we're sort of the imposters of the neighborhood because we have the worst-looking grass. You know, if there's a competition <laughs> during the summer, we have the worst-looking grass of anybody. I know there's clay in other neighborhoods or other people in our neighborhood, but, you know, you have to have good soil to get a yeah. good harvest. No question. And think about a farmer. If he's got lousy uh, soil, let's say he's just in a, in a place maybe in just, you know— anywhere there's just soil's just not as good he's just not going to have as good a harvest so we definitely need to strive to have good a good heart it's great soil for the word of god to do its work in our lives mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. boy you know what that's that's great andrew that's excellent the the notion of not growing weary that andrew referred to that scripture what was that scripture reference andrew earlier uh, do not grow weary and do not grow weary uh, and it will if you don't grow grow weary, you'll produce a thirty forty a thirty sixty hundred. Yeah, that's what actually in that? in um, it might be in. Uh, I mean, it, you quoted it, you read it earlier. I don't know if you. Yeah, actually, I can now. find it later. But it does say, well, you know how the Matthew, Mark, and Luke all mirror the same things. Yeah. One of the versions, it could be it could be Mark, says says those with a good heart will will produce thirty sixty. And a hundredfold. Yeah. Okay. So I want to I want to strike to this thought of growing weary for a minute, just just along these same lines. When we grow weary, it, it really I think 
the weariness comes when we try to operate in our own strength. Wouldn't you agree? And I think our audience would probably agree with that too. When we are doing things in our own strength, we grow weary. Um, so I'm I'm building a house right now down in Eureka, Missouri, and um, I was out in the heat today for several three or four hours, and I was growing weary, and um, I had to get out of the heat. But that the notion of weariness is something that strikes all of us. It, it strikes all of us naturally. Um, from the standpoint of like uh, the conditions I was in today, it's very hot, almost hundred degrees. It was a really warm day. So I was working hard and growing weary, but we can also grow weary from, uh, an emotional standpoint and from a, um, a conscious standpoint where we're attempting to do something in our own strength. Well, this, we're, we're, we're not to grow weary and we will not grow weary when we're doing this under the arm and strength of the Lord. But guess what? Acknowledging that we have a weakness in our flesh requires humility. I mean, we, we've got to, we got to step back. That's why I like how it says an honest and good heart. Well, the honest reflection is a humble reflection. It's uh, the honest reflection is who am I really? And who am I not? Who do I want to become? Why do I want to become that? If, if the answers to these are found in our own natural strength, and again, in through our own natural understanding, we're going to grow weary. But if we're doing this, in through the power of the word and we're doing this by the by the direction of the holy spirit as we read his word um uh, the the word produces life and that life is is not only um is not only uh strengthening but it's eternal i mean it's it produces in us a wellspring so it's the notion of of growing weary makes sense in the natural and every one of us have experienced that we've experienced in our workplaces We've experienced it in our ministries. Anytime we're doing thing, anything under the arm of our own flesh, you would agree, I'm sure, Andrew. Yes. Under our own power, under our own strength, it is really, it is really going to be met with weariness. And even doing it in the name of the Lord, but when we're doing it in the name of the Lord and by the Holy Spirit, He empowers us and gives us the strength to overcome. So I, I think the focus needs to be on this honest heart is one that says. In and of myself, I can do nothing. Galatians 2.20 says, it's no longer I who live, it's Christ who lives in me. The life I live on, I live by faith in the Son of God. And that's what we're talking about. Kind of emptying ourselves in an honest reflection and realizing I can't do this by myself. I need the Lord to produce in me perseverance and patience. Um, any any thoughts? Yeah, well, I will Andrew? just tell you that I, I told you in a former uh, broadcast or podcast that uh, something uh, big happened in my life, and I just started seeking the Lord, probably seriously for the first time in my Christian walk on a regular basis. That was every morning or most mornings. And, you know, seeking the Lord, mm-hmm. I, I've explained this to some people, and I just say, you know, seeking the Lord to me is just having a Bible next to you, reading it, singing to the Lord, standing in his presence, being there, being there and trying your best. I don't want to overcomplicate it or trying to get you into some sort of a bondage over it. But seeking the Lord is just what whatever you think it, it requires. It's very counterintuitive to your brain because, you know, the flesh is like, this is not working. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? It's already been 20 minutes. I'm feeling nothing. Am I getting anywhere? And lots of distractions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And honestly, um, the more you do it, it gets easier, but it's still not super easy. I wish I could tell you that I, I go down to my basement 
and the glory of God opens up like a cloud like Moses and 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 the heavenlies you know open up and I, and 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 the lord speaks to me directly that doesn't happen it's 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 a lot of it is reading the word over and over again quiet time patience a lot of thinking a lot of meditating and and the more you do it the more results you you feel like you're getting mm-hmm. but um no question it's 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 definitely not you know your 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 flesh doesn't like it a whole lot but you know, start start doing it consistently. Start keeping yeah, the word yeah, in absolutely. your heart. Remember, it's you. You got a good and a pure and an honest heart. Uh, it's good. It's good soil. Allow the mm-hmm, word mm-hmm. to allow God to keep that word in your heart, which basically means just just think about the word. Keep thinking about the word. I'm trying to break it down to some real elementary things. Speak the word. That's keeping on your heart. Thinking about the word, that's keeping it in your heart. Uh, looking at the word, talking about the word, that's keeping it in your heart. And then you will bear fruit if you mm-hmm. keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Not only as you persevere with the word in your heart, but also if you're patient. So don't get impatient thinking, well, yeah. this is too difficult and too hard. Everybody else seems to be able to do it except for me. I'm not getting any results. Have some faith. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I'm I'm just being honest with you. You know, Jesus told his some of some of his disciples, have faith. Yes. Or you have oh you have little faith. Yeah. Have some faith. It works. Absolutely. Keep persevering, keep allowing the patience that God has already given you in Christ to do its work, and you will see results. And this is something that you have to maintain your entire Christian walk. Mm-hmm. You know, Andrew Andrew made the comment that uh we have a good at the base, as believers, we have a good heart. We have to remember in the Old Testament, it says that the heart is deceitful and there's no good in it, but by the regenerative power and grace of good and goodness of God. So we do have a heart that's desirous. As we as we meet and know Jesus, we have a heart that is desirous to connect with our Father. And we've got to allow that honest heart, not our natural tendency to turn into what our desires are, our lust, the lust of our flesh, which we can talk about at another time. There are, there are many things that will distract us from wanting to observe and walk in the truth. The truth often isn't sugar-coated and isn't as as delightful to taste as, as, a, as a chocolate cake or a cherry pie or a, an ice cream shake. The truth sometimes is hard to take, and we don't always want to look at it because we would prefer the sweets over the over the healthy food. And I think it's just like our natural man. You know, it, would you rather have, Andrew, tell me, would you rather have, you know, a, 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 um, uh, an Iggy's, um, you know, <laughs> shake or whatever, or some br- a bowl of Brussels sprouts? I mean, obviously the Brussels sprouts are better for us, but we prefer, we prefer what is sweet. And we have to be careful with that in the spirit as well, to desire the, the, the word of God because it will set us free. The word, it, 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 you'll know, the Bible says you'll know the truth and it will set you free. So whatever it is that you and I are bound by, whatever it is that we're, we're, we're wrestling with, we can be set free by, the, by and through the, the word of God. It's just the way to get to um, answers that will, that will prevail in our lives and provide freedom and victory. But it does require you know, a commitment, just like anything else does. But I, I want to tell you that for me, just as Andrea said, for me, getting in the word has become so easy because I find that it is my true source of life. That is where life is. I don't always like what it has to say. Sometimes it asks things of me, demands things of me that I'd rather not 
it's that Brussels sprouts versus chocolate cake or, or a nice chocolate shake kind of analogy. But <clears throat> it is always what is best for me. When I pursue God's word and I, I embrace it in my heart and walk in the light of the truth, it does truly set me free. I wanted to say a couple of things here uh, from the um, from this writing that I was referring to earlier. Um, I, I mentioned humility, but in addition to that, in terms of how to, to develop an honest and a good heart, one, put on humility. Two, love the truth. We just talked about that. Three, seek to practice what is right. And then finally, recognize the value of the word. I mean, and, and of course, recognize our need for accountability before God. So you can't have a relationship. I think in the last podcast, I talked about having not talked to a friend for a long time from high school. And then uh, I had I struggled to identify his voice, but we had a really good relationship in high school. And once I identified it, I was reconnected with him. But until I, I spent some time to re-listen to the voice and connect again, I could not bring back the the the, the sort of incredible friendship we had in high school. Well, it's the same way with the Lord. If we don't spend time with him, we will, one, not recognize his word, and his word won't come alive to us if we don't spend time with him and identify with him and and become um, engaged again in what the purpose of life and living is as, as we are now new creatures, new creations in Christ Jesus. And that's something that we need to identify with. Um, any other thoughts, Andrew? Yeah, you know, going back to Proverbs, um, you know, Steve's talking about the word is life. Well, going back to that scripture I just said, it says, take firm, remember, keeping the word in your heart, take firm hold of instruction, do not let it go, keep her, for she is your life. So the word is life. The word is life to your soul. It says your word's life to your soul and grace to your neck. So when we when we have the word on our hearts daily, then it brings life to our soul. Actually, it says it brings life to our body too, and healing to all of our flesh. Mm-hmm. In Proverbs, you know, just as you were talking, you remember I told you I made a commitment to spend some time with the Word. Yeah, every morning. So I try to spend an hour, but I fail quite often. Maybe forty minutes here or thirty minutes there. But one pattern I get, I I've, I have to break is if I have a really busy day that morning, I got to get to work. There's a bunch of things on my mind. I will skip it. I'll say, you know what, God, I've got too much going on. I'm going to skip the word this morning. I, I'm not trying to be legalistic, so God's not ready to, you know, throw fire down from heaven. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, we talked about getting the word on your heart in the morning, how important it is. Mm-hmm. And so what will happen is, it's, it's it's classic. I'll say, you know what, let me run to work and knock that out. And sometime in the late oh, yeah. afternoon, You'll I will get into the it. word. Well, guess what? All kinds of other things have popped up. You know, dinner needs to be made. There's a problem here. I got to get on the internet to solve a banking problem or, you know, my favorite uh, whatever's come on TV. And and I never get into the word. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm kind of talking to myself as I'm talking to the audience. Maybe something better would be like this. Hey, you don't need to spend an hour this morning. You've got so much going on that on that day. But get into the word. Read the word. For 10 minutes, 20 minutes, spend some time singing to the Lord, yeah, worshiping him. Absolutely. Because there is a great blessing in giving him the first of the day, mm-hmm. a much mm-hmm. greater blessing than later on in the day. It's kind of like the tithe. Right. Um, so, so, you know, for uh, hopefully people out there can kind of relate to this. So give to God 
the best of the day, even when you're super busy and you have a tremendous amount of cares, keep that word. Do not let it go from your heart. And I, mm-hmm. as I travel, when I travel um, to different cities for my business, you know, you're in and out of hotels, you're kind of weary, you know, you have to fight to get the Bible on your mind because, you know, you're on the road, mm-hmm. you're not in the mm-hmm. comforts of your own bed and your wife and your house. So you have to fight to get God in your heart, essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what you have to do. Sometimes you have to take the bull by the horn and say, no, I will spend time with the Lord. I will continue to speak the word out of, out of his mouth. I'll listen to sermons when I'm on the road. You know, sermons, I, I like teaching. This is a great, you know, this is this is all persevering with the word, persevering to get that 30, 60, mm-hmm. and 100 fold. Mm-hmm. So Steve has often told me, we've kind of shared notes, he loves to listen to certain pastors on TV. Mm-hmm. And Steve, tell him, I mean, it it really... It really gets you going. Well, yeah, you know, I'm, I was while you're saying that, I'm jotting down a few little notes here, Andrew, while you're talking. And I'm, I'm thinking of that. I don't know if it's actually, a, it's, is it a psalm that says, Early in the morning will I rise up and seek thee? I'm yeah. sure it is. It's a song for sure that I've sung many times in church. But th- there is, I, you know, I, I think actually on some level, I know it's nobody likes formulas, but I will tell you, I don't think there's any question that anybody listening to this podcast wouldn't agree that the worst time to read the word is likely at the end of the day, when you're exhausted and ready to go to sleep, your, your mind is, is, is needing to rest. You're, you're occupied with lots of thoughts. Well, I'll interrupt you and say, think sure. about when you go to like uh, grade school, they, they've done studies that, you know, as soon, the first couple hours before lunch, you know, kids yeah. retain information yeah. much better than after lunch when it's getting hot oh, in the yeah. classroom, people yeah. are all distracted. So again, not to make a formula of it, but I, I think there's little question that the best part of the day to study the word is in the morning. The best part of the day to do anything that requires deep thought is in the morning, whether it be regarding email responses to business or uh, evaluating your investments. I mean, there isn't a thing that doesn't work best first thing in the morning. And you know, a lot of doctors will say that the most important meal of the day is breakfast. Well, what of your breakfast? We feed our bodies. What of what of our breakfast is a nutritious uh, uh, reading of the word, uh, getting into the word on a regular, on an everyday basis, and not just reading the word, but praying over the word. We've said this before, pray the word. Um, I go to a Tuesday morning uh, uh, prayer meeting, um, and they frequently read out of Colossians or Philippians or one of the other New Testament books. They They pray the scripture. And that's another way to not just ask God's will to be done through what scripture uh, uh, reports or, or is, is, is feeding us with, but in addition to put it into memory in our own, own lives. I mean, it's just, there's no better time of day. Same, look, people go to the gym first thing. When, when I'm good about going to the gym, which isn't frequent, but when I'm good about it, guess what's packed first thing in the morning? It opens at six o'clock. There's often a line at the gym. Now, obviously, partly because people need to go to work, but also because people don't want to work out after a long day at work where they're exhausted and they're worn out. So there's plenty of justification to create a, a habit of, of doing this, having this time in the morning. And to Andrew's point, it doesn't have to be uh, 10 minutes, an hour, 15, anything you can get. If you, if you start small, just like when I go to the gym, if any of us went to the gym or an exercise class and looked at the people that were most advanced, we'd walk out and never come back because we'd say, I'm never going to get there. But you take it one day at a time, one exercise routine at a time, <clears throat> pardon me, one weight at a time, 
And then eventually your endurance, your strength, your your ability to, to go for the gusto is in but place. But you do want to push yourself. You do want to push yourself, yeah. Um, Don't settle for less than you than you can. Don't limit yourself. If, if From my perspective, once I start the process of praying and reading, I almost have to have something disrupt me from doing it because I'll do it for a long time otherwise. I mean, I love doing it. That's just me. That's not everybody. But I do think the more the, the more that you begin to love God's word and see it effectually work in your life, the more you want of it, the more you want to know him. It's just like in our marriages, our friendships. You know, when you, you hang out with your wife, you hang out with a friend, you build camaraderie and you can't wait till the next opportunity to meet again. So it's the same way with the Lord. Yeah. And to wrap this kind of up, I will just tell you this, that the devil uses the distractions of this world and we in our own mind use in our own flesh, the distractions of this world to stay away from the word. You know, it's, you know, find a busy man out there. Very, very busy. He does not have time to read the word of God. Because he doesn't make the time, you know, but knowing, knowing that the devil doesn't want you to read the word and you're so busy that you don't have time to read the word supposedly should be a motivation to say, Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think I've been deceived. I've been deceived thinking that I'm such a busy guy making money, pleasing my boss, doing well at work, bringing home the, the money for my family that I've been deceived in the fact that I have not given God the time yeah. that it takes to meditate on his word. That's good. So the cares of this life, okay, have stolen something from you. Do you think that's accurate? Absolutely. And you know what? I think, Andrew, we should look at maybe winding down this podcast. We're at, we're at 37 minutes, but we're going to continue on this vein. We're going to continue to talk about uh, an honest and good heart. We're going to continue to talk about with the thrust being really the focus on perseverance, because I think in the end, perseverance is wins the day for all of us. And I and there is an, a person listening to this, whether you're actually a believer or not, a faith follower, a Christ follower or not, you would agree perseverance is key to success in life. But the greatest success comes from a knowledge of him and not just knowing him, but exceeding exceedingly abundantly knowing him so that we become overcomers. I just want to say maybe in conclusion, you know, in, in, uh, eight, six and in, in uh, Luke eight, eight, six, it says a former one. We, we've read this before, but it bears reading again. And I think this applies to the believer as well as the non-believer, of course, the non-believer, but a farmer went out to sow his seed as he was scattering the seed. Some fell on the path and it was trampled on the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground. Let's kind of consider that you and I as believers might be in a place where our ground is rocky. We're not really, into it right now and when it came up the plants withered because they had no moisture well let's not be that believer let's not be that person who sees the word reads the word and the word withers in them and listen when we don't see fulfillment we it leads to a sense of hopelessness and you know i i know many believing men and many believing women and even young people who feel hopeless in their faith because their faith is not producing results. But you know what? It's not the Lord. It's our lack of willingness to run the race to win. One last thing I'll say, Andrew, do you have anything else you want to add before no, we good. shut this down? Yeah. I, I just want to say this. I, I love this, and you've heard me say it before. I'll say it till the day I die. But Philippians 3, 12 through 14, Paul said, This one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, I strain toward what lies ahead, and I press on to the upward call of Christ 
in, in Christ Jesus. So uh, uh, friends that are listening, Andrew and I, you know, our desire is to, is to strain, to press, to, to move forward, to be overcomers. So until next time, uh, God bless you guys. Um, we're, we'll continue to, well, we, we are praying that God prospers your life. Um, especially spiritually and in every way and form that he can and and is willing to do in our lives. And uh, we'll see you on the next podcast. Until then, so long. Thank you for listening to the Life Beyond the Summit podcast. For more information, visit our website at lifebeyondthesummit.com.